Hey, this is Randy Gage, and you're listening to the Power Prosperity Podcast. Hey, Prosperity Nation, Randy here, and I got a special episode for you this week. Uh, it's about recovering from the coronavirus pandemic. So for you guys listening to a replay in 2022 or 2023 or whenever, you could uh, see how accurate my predictions were or you can laugh about how foolish I was to make them. But I'm going to actually, uh, I'm recording this. It's the first week of May 2020. Uh, we're still in the lockdown, most of the United States. Uh, states are beginning to open up last week, this week, from stay-at-home orders. I'm still in Miami where we have one and restaurants and all of that stuff is are still closed. Uh, and I've been self-isolating for, oh man, I don't know how many weeks now. Um, and I have the first person experience of having had COVID-19 myself. And I can assure you, I most definitely did not have the asymptomatic kind. <laughs> I had the uh, and I'm fortunate, I'm lucky. I mean, I have lost two friends to coronavirus since this started so far. Um, but so I'm very fortunate in that. But I can tell you, I spent my birthday, you know, shivering and just, you know, alone by myself being miserable um, because I was sick. And it it really hung around for a long time for me. Um, but I really feel I'm on demand it now. And, uh, and I want to make some predictions about what's going to happen because everybody in the world is talking about this question right now. Okay, when do we open up? What about the economic impact? You know, how long, isn't it foolish for these governors to open up states or uh, country leaders to open up their country? And why don't we keep everybody locked down? And then other people saying, you know, Hey, this you can't keep everybody locked down. It's just part of the dangers and risks of modern life, and you have to go on and live your life. So uh, I want to tell you where I'm at on it and what I think is going to actually happen. Uh, right now, the U.S., we're kind of plateaued. You wouldn't say we're showing exponential growth anymore. Uh, but you wouldn't say we're really showing any decline yet. We're still running in the neighborhood of 2,000 deaths a day. Uh, and that's a number that I feel personally is probably very underreported. And I think it's underreported all over the world. I think we've had substantially higher deaths in cases like uh, Iran and China, where I think they've uh, lied about their numbers uh, uh, deliberately. Uh, Russia, I believe, is doing the same thing. I mean, right now there are 20 hospitals in Moscow that are closed because of the number of doctors and, and nurses and staff who are sick and they can't even open them. And Putin is trying to put on a you know pretty face to the world, but uh, you know I think it's really 
uh, they're probably in the throes of something pretty serious right now. So the numbers, uh, it would seem like, okay, they're, they're running steady here. Italy looks like it's finally got the worst behind it. Germany looks like the worst. You know, a lot of places in Europe, a lot of places in Asia, it would seem like the worst is behind us. Um, so are we out of this? And what do I think? My prediction is no, we are not out of it. I think Russia is still a, 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 you know, a hot spot that's going to flare up in a big way. Syria and the refugees is a hot spot. Brazil is a hot spot. Uh, and I think you're going to see some um, a rebound in numbers in a number of states and countries because they relaxed too early. I will also tell you, like even here in the United States, people, most people here think the worst is over. And that may not be the case because the prisons are a petri dish of infestation right now. Jails are a petri dish. Nursing homes are a petri dish. And um, the government is just kind of ignoring these. The VA, the health, you know, the Veterans Administration and all those hospitals. It's, 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 it's criminal the way that some of these, the uh, indigenous, indigenous people, nations here in the U.S. I mean, it's critical condition there. And the media isn't really covering this and the governments are trying to uh, ignore it because they don't want the bad publicity and they don't want more economic damage. So I think it's going to be really sketchy for a while here. And my prediction is that we, you know, there's various models and predictions you see uh, and different places are trying different things like Sweden didn't really do a, a shutdown. They kind of put people on their own responsibility and, hey, please practice social distancing. Um, and then you've got other places that locked it down and you have everything in between. Uh, but I believe we're going to... So here's some of the scenarios you hear. Some of the scenarios are, okay, it's going to be like Sweden. There's going to be a really big peak of cases and unfortunately mortality. Uh, and then it's going to level off and it's going to be with us for a year or two, but at very low numbers and very manageable. And then other people are predicting that uh, it will go up. And then, you know, whether it's a V-shaped uh, upside down V or V-shaped uh, recovery. I've seen W-shaped recoveries. Here's what I'm predicting. I'm predicting it's going to be a URL recovery, meaning it's going to be the slow burn for two years. And I call it the URL because it's going to be like the www that goes in front of every website because um, it's not going to be a V, it's not going to be a U, it's not going to be a W. I think it's going to be a series of Ws as these different areas, whether it's Russia, Syria, Brazil, the nursing homes, the prisons, the virus doesn't know any boundaries, right? It's not going to, it doesn't care what your border is or what your nationality is or your age or your race. Uh, we've seen it's a very... Uh, intuitive virus and in, in meaning that it, it's very similar to the AIDS virus in that 
it finds the weakest area of your health and it exploits that. And so we've seen now a growing number of cases of blood clotting and causing heart conditions and the serious lung damage and the people who are overweight and um, uh, other uh, co-factors of uh, sickness or illness or weakness that the virus is exploiting. Um, if there was a, a virus, uh, I'm sorry, a vaccine invented today, it would, I mean, they can say all they want about quick turnarounds or whatever. That is not something that gets turned around in two months or three months. Uh, you're talking a year to five year timeline, but say it's um, the fastest possible and the world would totally mobilize around it. And hopefully that'll be the case. Uh, you still, you've got to manufacture 300 million doses and you've got to have the testing to know what level of doses and that means a couple of months of research time and uh, so you know it's it's not going to be a magic vaccine and you simply cannot lock down the planet for two years you just can't and I'm not going to get involved in that argument of, you know, should we open up? Should we close? It's not my job. I'm not smart enough to figure that stuff out. There are people who are better qualified than that. But I'm just being realistic as an entrepreneur and trying to keep my prosperity consciousness to be uh, as optimistic and, and, and really have prosperity consciousness, not to be negative and cynical and bitter and look for blame and argue and all of that stuff, because that isn't going to take us anywhere. Um, but realistically, real world, um, this, I think it's going to be a two year slow burn and you can't lock down the world for two years. So even if you do err on that side of, Hey, you've got to keep people under quarantine. Okay, it isn't going to happen. You cannot lock down the world for two years. There will be mass starvation and rioting and civil unrest and a complete meltdown. Uh, so what really has to happen is some we have to figure out a new reality for social distancing. We have to figure out a new reality for mitigation. So my belief is it'll be a two-year burn because a slow burn for two years because there will be herd immunity developed at some point we would uh, expect uh, mitigation will get better we would expect right there will be treatments that come up that even though they're not vaccine they do help people recover quicker and we see some of that in progress right now and hopefully at some point soon a vaccine will be developed so that it, between the herd immunity, the mitigation, the social distancing, and the vaccine, hopefully, um, the world will say goodbye to this within two years. But during those two years, it will not be the way it was two months ago. You will not be going to a University of Tennessee football game with 100,000 people in the stands. You will not be going to a Guns N' Roses concert uh, at uh, Miami Dolphins Stadium with 70,000 people in the stands. Um, 
it will be a new reality. And restaurants, bars, cruise lines, themes par theme parks, seminars, professional sports, amateur sports, all of these industries are going to need to reinvent what they look like post-pandemic. And in particular, what they look like during this two-year slow burn. The film industry is going to have to look and say, okay, we've, we've done some direct-to-streaming releases and we've been very successful with it. And we like the theater model and the theaters like the theater model, but we're going to have to rethink some of this going forward. And maybe all new major motion picture releases are not in theaters. And theaters have to say, okay, it, it, are people really going to come to theaters when there is a four-inch uh, armrest separating them from the person, the stranger next to them, who may or may not be infected. The music industry is going to have to figure this out. It won't be the same. And uh, I think of the first concerts I went to, Deep Purple, Uriah Heep, Richie Blackmore playing the guitar with his toes better than most people can play with their fingers the lasers and the fireworks and the light show. And those were amazing. Uh, but I got to say, seeing John Legend on his cell phone from his living room doing a private concert from his piano for people on Facebook or Instagram or whatever that was, that was pretty compelling too. And the music industry is going to have to rethink how do concerts go about? Uh, what is the model for promoting new new music, right? It used to be that uh, the companies made records and so they went on concert tours. They had the bands go on tour to sell the records. Uh, and then the whole model changed with streaming. And then it was, you know what? We're gonna give the music away for free and we'll make our money on the tour. You know, Metallica is making, you know, tens of millions of dollars every year. They haven't had a, a top 10 hit since, uh, I don't know what, the Ford administration maybe, but they're one of the biggest grossing tours around because you just line up and you buy those $45 t-shirts and the uh, $20 keychains and the $15 souvenir programs and they give away, they almost, and in some cases they do, they give away the money, the music, and they make the money on concerts. Right, Education is going to have to reinvent how education is done. And of course, we can make the argument that these are all changes we're going to happen anyway. These are all changes that should have been planned for anyway. And there's absolutely truth with that. So let's bring it back to you and me and everybody in the world who's wondering, hey, what do I do right now? I'm sitting home binging next Netflix eight hours a day. My routine's all, you know, messed up. I can't go to work. What do I do? How long do I wait around? And so I want to share my thoughts and what I'm doing. If you read, if you get my Friday philosophy newsletter, you know, I finally said a couple of weeks ago, you know what? I'm so over this. Um, even though I've worked on my prosperity consciousness for 30 years, 
and taught it for 20 years. I let this pandemic affect my consciousness in a very negative way. I think it set me back many years. And I finally realized, you know what? I'm done with that. I'm not going to be a victim by this. Like I say, I've had two close friends die. I have had the virus myself. I assume, again, I can't get a test because it's impossible here. Um, but I mean, I had all the symptoms and severe symptoms. So I'm, it's pretty safe assumption that I had the COVID-19 already. Um, and I'm just not willing to be a victim, right? So here's my advice for you. I think it's go time right now. First week of May, it's time to stop waiting for this to be over because I don't believe it's going to be over for two years. So you can't just say, well, how many more weeks am I going to be self-isolating? How many more weeks before I can reopen my restaurant? How many more weeks before I can give seminars again for 5,000 people? Hey, that ain't happening anytime soon. So you have to stop waiting for that. You have to start saying, okay, how can I make this go time and do this in a way that's safe? How can I make this go time and do it in a way that integrates social distancing? You've got to stop waiting for a good time. You have to stop waiting for when it's uh, politically acceptable to talk about marketing your business again. You need to be marketing now. It's go time. Um, and now don't be tone deaf. I mean, let's be real. We know people are struggling. People are still dying. People are losing loved ones. So don't be out there with your crazy, and it's a pandemic special of the day. You know, let's not be stupid. Let's not be tone deaf. But it's, you can't keep waiting around until I don't want to be salesy or I don't want to seem opportunistic or I don't want to be tone deaf. No, you, you need to go back to making money. You need to go back to solving problems and adding value, bringing more prosperity to the world. So some of you need to rework your job because your job was you were a, a ticket counter person at the Cineplex and that job may not be coming back anytime soon. Or you were a waitress at Red Lobster in the dining room and that job may not be coming back anytime soon. So you might need to rework your job and say, okay, what about all of these? Amazon is hiring 200,000 more people. Instacart is hiring 100,000 more people. Uh, you know, there's, there's all kind of opportunities being created. Um, so you might need to rework your job if you're an employee. If you're an entrepreneur like me, you may need to rework your menu options. Uh, I've got my tribal event. You know what? I've got it scheduled for August right now. I'm still hopeful it's going to take place. Um, that's a very, you know, it's a $10,000 a person uh, uh, event, so it's not a big crowd. Uh, I was locking the uh, attendance at 36 people anyway. So you know what, now I'm thinking it might still be 36 people, but the 36 people are going to be in the, this size room that normally holds 300 people because I'm going to have to space it all out and keep people six or eight feet apart from each other. 
and if I've already got uh, the antibodies and I'm, it's shown that I have it, great, then I don't need to wear a mask, but maybe I need to wear a mask. Maybe people in the room will need to wear a mask. Uh, or maybe it'll be really sketchy at that time and I won't be able to do it as a live event and I'll have to come up with another streaming option like I've been doing up to this point. Uh, I'm going to be okay with ambiguity. I'm going to be okay with changing on the fly. Uh, I've reworked my menu options, right? So I'm not getting on planes uh, doing keynote speeches right now, but I'm doing incredible consulting with companies right now, helping them get through this crisis. So I'm doing incredible coaching within my coaching program with people, helping them get through this crisis. And believe me, some of you, you will have your best year ever in 2020 because you're going to rework your job or you're going to rework your menu options if you are a, uh, an entrepreneur. So let's look for the opportunities. How do we turn the lemons into lemonades? Okay, all you waitresses, cook, bus boys, whatever, you know how the restaurant business works, okay? So how can you help restaurants make it work better if they're takeout and delivery only? How many restaurants are there that didn't use to deliver two months ago? And they don't have the structure and they don't know how to set it up and set up their website and the orders or how to connect with Uber Eats or, um, you know, some of these other delivery services or how could they, could you help them set up their own in-house delivery service? How can you help them reconfigure the kitchen or the dining room, whatever, for more takeout uh, and delivery options, right? You've got some knowledge could help there. If you work in nightclubs, same thing. They might only be able to accept 25% of the people they used to have. How do they do that and still be profitable? You know, I've talked about the seminar business, the way I'm looking at it. How can you help people reinvent stuff in their space? The new delivery platforms for films, for music, for education. You got experience in any of those areas? Could you help solve problems or add value in any of those areas? Let me give you an idea. I mean, like sports, right? America is crazed for sports. And the number one sport here is what we call football, right? Not soccer, but American football. That is the king of the hill in terms of sport here. And most teams have somewhere between 60 and 80,000 rabid crazed fans in the stadium every time they have a game and millions who watch on TV. Well, that's going to change, right? There's that's not going to be any you know, there's not going to be 100,000 people in Jerry Jones uh stadium uh watching the Dallas Cowboy game anytime soon. But I'll tell you what, there are people who would pay a lot of money. I mean, those private suites at, at Cowboy Stadium, I did a private tour there with uh, behind the scenes and, and saw that because I rented a suite there. And uh, the cheapest suite there is half a million dollars a year. And you've got to sign a 10-year contract, right? So uh, there are always people with money. And I'll tell you what, there are people who buy those suites who would say, if you said, okay, we're offering you the sterilized 
bubble sweet experience where you will be whisked into the park, you will be whisked through this sterilized corridor where you will never be uh, in the space of potentially infected people and you will be in your own private suite with your HEPA air purification system and disinfected, you know, disinfected by nurses beforehand. Whatever. And it's going to cost you uh, $50,000 a game for your ticket. There are people who will buy that. Okay. If Guns N' Roses calls me, if Axel calls me up tomorrow because he knows I have tickets for the, uh, <coughs> the July <coughs> concert for uh, Poison, Def Leppard, and um, uh, yeah, actually it wouldn't be Gunner's Roll. It's Poison, Def Leppard, and um, Motley Crue. So if, uh, let's say, Tommy Lee calls me up because he knows I have tickets for that, uh, I think it's in July or June, whenever, when the tour kicks off here in Miami. So if Tommy Lee calls me up and says, well, we have the special disinfectant private suite experience and it's $20,000, I'm going to like, okay, dude, I'm all in and I got the money to do that, right? There are people that have money for this stuff. And I'm not suggesting those are specifically what you should be doing. I'm maybe exaggerating a little um, but that's the kind of stuff. There will be a market for that kind of stuff. So I want you to be thinking about that. How do you rework your job or rework your business and create value in this new reality? Because you really could make 2020 the most lucrative, successful, profitable year you've ever had in your life. But you're not going to do it operating under the old parameters, right? You're going to have to uh, innovate and reconfigure what you're doing. And if you will look at the, the new reality, say, okay, I got all these cruise ships, themes parks, restaurants, uh, taxi companies, sporting events, the opera, the ballet, the playhouse, the Broadway shows, all these people desperately looking for how do they go back to work in this new world and how can I help them add value or solve problems, you could have an amazing year. So what's my advice to you? Be brave, be creative, be innovative, be bold. Most importantly, be safe right? Just don't go out crazy disregarding whatever your government is telling you. Don't be uh, selfish. Make sure you're not posing a danger to others. Don't go just jump out and do something and reinfect people or, or be asymptomatic and be affecting people who could be killed by this virus, right? Be smart, be safe, but be innovative, be bold, be creative, and find a way to create prosperity in the new reality. All right, hope you're having an amazing day. Peace. Hey, thanks for listening to the Power Prosperity Podcast. Do me a favor and practice the circulation law of prosperity and tell people about Prosperity TV. So if you would, just put something up on your Tumblr, your Twitter, your Facebook, your YouTube, 
Uh, let people know what you think of the Power of Prosperity podcast. Even take a screenshot of your phone and maybe post that picture uh, so we can build the community here at the podcast. Thanks, guys.